Are the rumours true that this is out of the flooring porter betting syndicate that we were... They're trying to, to hide the money here, Will. That's what yeah. they're trying to do now. I can either <laughs> confirm nor deny that. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to the Hurling Pod feed on the OTB Sports app now. Now you're welcome back. So we are talking hurling because Waterford were very, very impressive winners again. At Semple Stadium on Saturday in the Allianz League final, they were winners against Waterford 420 to 123. So 32 points to 26, a six-point win in the end. Not a decimation. There was a late court goal to put a bit of a sheen on the scoreboard. So Waterford have won the league again after winning it in 2015. Cork still without one this century, in fact, 25 years and counting to discuss all. Very happy to say Mr. Tommy Welch is with us. Hello. Yeah, good evening, Joe. This team, they mean business. They are the real deal. Um, Waterford, um, yeah, I, I would agree with you. Um, I suppose last Saturday, it was a kind of a super Saturday, Joe. I started off half nine in the morning, under 11 hurling blitz inside in Dixborough, on then to play under 10 cup quarter final out in Dean Celtic in Castle Comer followed by the league final in Thurles. An epic Saturday, and um, I thought it lived up to its expectations as a neutral, as a supporter of the game of hurling. Goals win matches, and goals excite um, the neutrals, they excite the, the fans in the stands. It's, it's what gets them on the, on the on their feet. And I thought Watford were just epic in that final. I thought Cork went toe-to-toe on the scoreboard, putting the ball over the bar. They outscored them, I suppose, 23 points to 20. But goals win matches, Joe, and... Um, Watford, they brought him in from all angles to score him. Yeah, Kieran Kingston was bemoaning the Cork wides. He was pointing, even just on the full-time whistle, to 17 wides. And if you look at even the shots taken, Cork had 43 shots to Waterford's 31. So obviously wides and then Waterford goals, and that's the game. In general play, who was the better team and why for you? Yeah, we see, after a game, Joe, if you score all your chances, suddenly you're efficient you're taking shots from the right places, um, the scoring zones. But there's so much more to a game of hurling than that. You could be shooting from the scoring zones and hitting them wide. You should be, sh- you could be shooting them from non-scoring zones, Joe, as they call them now. And it could be just your day or going over the bar. From general play, like looking at it in live, um, I thought in the second half, only for Watford were scoring the goals. I thought Cork were coming at him and at him. It was just, I suppose, the, the last goal, really, by, by Desi, really just put the nail in the coffin. And, well, it probably started with, with Stephen Bennett's. He caught a ball, and I thought, this is Cork's probably problem that they'll need to solve. There was probably three of the goals came from runners from deep. And the worst one was probably the, the Stephen Bennett one, where he caught it, um, you know, about 35 yards out. But he still had so much to do. Like, that should never have ended up in, in, in the back of the net. There was loads of Cork defenders around, but... I think the guys that weren't directly opposed to Stephen Bennett, the lads that were in the surrounding area, they didn't come into the play probably as determined or as forcefully as they should. Let's not concede any goals here. This is a Waterford team that had banged in 4-5 or five against um, Wexford a week, week or two ago. They knew the threat was there. So let's close down the space and if we had to like, give, give away a point. I thought it was the surrounding players, not the direct opponent to the, to the guy bringing the ball through from deep, that was the issue for Cork. So if they settle up that before the Championship, uh, they'll be a force to be reckoned with in, in the Munster Championship against Limerick in a couple of weeks' time. Eddie Brennan was with us previewing the game last week and he was talking about Cork's win over Kilkenny and he cited that specific concern with the Cork defence, that if you run at them, they have issues. And it was really borne out and no better team in the country maybe than Waterford to exploit that weakness. So that's more than just a one-game issue for Cork. There's a bit of a trend there. They have a problem in that area. 
Yeah, I would agree. I suppose Kilkenny got two goals uh, against against Cork there in the semi final. Massey Keown got two great goals again, running through. Tim Power came through for one, passed it off, pulled on the ball into the back of the net. Next one, Massey put it in, in the back of the net. So they are conceding goals, and you see the way it's such a possession based game now. You're not just it's not just your job as a cornerback, fullback, wingback to get the ball and deliver it to the far end of the field, get it out of the danger area. Now you have to find the man in the best position. So our defenders, you'd nearly ask the question, our defenders being taught so much and under so much pressure to use the ball so well, is the time being put into them to show them the defending side of the game? Because to win a championship especially, you have to be able to defend as well as attack, you know? Yeah, it's a big concern for them because, I mean, there isn't much time to work on anything now. Waterford next day out will be Tipperary Championship. This is 17th of April, so Sunday week, and Cork will play Limerick in Porky Cueve, 4 o'clock, the Sunday game. This is going to be the big one for them in many respects. I, I'm not sure how you bring things up to speed defensively over the course of a week, 10 days. Maybe just talking about it, maybe just focusing on it and making it a point to focus is all they can do realistically. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think myself, it's the surrounding players that we defend as a team. We don't just defend as a, you know, against our direct opponent. If you look at the Waterford goal, the first one for Stephen Bennett, um, came in from the Waterford wing far from the far side of the field, solo the whole way through. There were three or four Cork lads could have stopped him, but they didn't. And came across to Stephen Bennett, who again wasn't put under too much pressure by Mark Coleman. Um, he nearly picked his, his spot and there was no blocking, there was no diving blocking, nothing like that. Uh, the next one that, that Bennett got... Caught the ball out from 35 yards out. Solo, you know, probably 25, 30 yards before getting a shot. But there were so many players around that could have got in a tackle. So I think if they put the focus on not just the guy following, uh, you know, the, say in a couple of weeks' time to be Limerick, the Limerick forward, yeah. but the guys around them that they defend, that the cornerback is coming across maybe to, to go out the space, that the wing back is tracking back. And I think myself, Cork, just the last day in particular, they probably weren't tracking the way they should be. Like a half-back one, especially the way it's gone now, with, with so many guys travelling from deep, you have to track your guys because they will stay going, whether they're a wing-back or a midfielder. So I think if they put even that focus on their midfielders or half-back line, tracking back their markers, it could make a huge difference for them. We'll get on to Waterford in a second, but seeing as we've kind of gone down the, the Cork... Team. What about their shooting then? 43 shots, a lot of wides, 17 wides. Kieran Kingston said afterwards, you just can't win a game against good opposition with 17 wides very often. I've seen the point made elsewhere, for instance, that Seamus Harnady looks low on confidence. You know, four points in an All-Ireland final really took it to Limerick and just doesn't look himself for whatever reason. And I heard Anthony Daly wonder, why, why is Shane Kingston not a starter? You know, comes on three points from play. Like last year, he had to force himself into the starting 15, you half wonder if dad doesn't want to be seen to favour son and therefore is actually expecting even more from him than he might another player. Talk to us about the Cork forwards then. Yeah, I, to be honest, I just think it's an off there really um, with regards shooting-wise because they still scored 123, Joe. Like, so I don't think there was that much and there never is that much wrong with the, the Cork forward line regards scoring. Like mm. 123 would still win a lot of matches. Um, so I, I think it's the defensive side of the game where they're struggling I think you'll always hit days over the course of a season where you'll hit wides like against Kilkenny they outnumber, outscored them at Pines last weekend they outscored um, Watford who the whole country is talking about that now at Pines you know 123 to 420 same scores if you like except for Watford are scoring goals so 
Yeah. I wouldn't really be that concerned um, with, with their shooting, really. I think the for- Cork Forwards will always score enough to win the matches. Can okay, concede fair, fair. Le- yeah, no, less than a, conceding. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's well argued then. One last point in the defence then. So say, look, imagine one of the Bennett goals or like any number of Waterford goals involves player catching ball and just running at goal. Say that's not your man, but you're in the vicinity. Your mindset as a player would have been, well, I need to get in here and even if I don't dispossess or stop, if nothing else physically, I'm going to be a speed bump. I'm going to get in here and just involve myself in the action one way or another. Was that your thought process, Tommy? Yeah, well, like... You know, I was an expert at myself. Like you had to train day to day because it's a proactive thing you have to do. Joe, backs are used to being reactive. The ball comes in into the corner, in near your man. You go after it because as it's coming in. But tracking back is all about you. You have to decide, Joe, to go do it. So JJ Delaney made a great point with us when we were starting off: is that when a wing forward on the other side of the field or a centre forward gets the ball and it's gone past you, he could, if he's way faster than you, well. You know, in theory, you will never catch him. But what if he drops the ball? What if the hurl falls out of his... What if the full back holds him up? Suddenly then you're back in the game, or the goalie saves it. That's when you come back into the game. And, um, so that's your thought process. So if they wing forward on the other side, uh, as we've seen for, for Stephen Bennett's goal, if they had to just track back on this side, someone might have got... When Mark Coleman was kind of between two guys... Someone might have got to cover off this space, so Stephen Bennett never got the ball. So that's the thought process that you have to be thinking. You defend defend as a team, not as a you know an individual. Do you like Coleman at six? By the way, Coleman at six. Um, to be honest, from experience in playing centre back myself, the few occasions that I played, I never thought centre back was a good position for a small player. Um, I think you have to be. Now, he is fast. They always kind of said strength or, or speed, but I think there's so much many runners coming at you. I think, yeah, like you look at the best in their backs at the moment, tight the burka, um, strong as a horse. You go back to when Galway were winning the All-Ireland, uh, Garold McInerney. Yeah, you go back to, say, our Kenny team, uh, Brian Hogan, John Tennyson, um, the Limerick team, Declan Hannon, all big, strong men. I'm not saying a small man can do it, but I definitely think in the centre, it's, it's shoring it up as opposed to your man might clip you for a few pounds out the field, but it's shoring up that space so nobody gets past you. If there had to be a kind of a rock, like a Dermot O'Sullivan or a big strong fella in the middle uh, for Cork last Sunday, would they have got through for so many goals? I, I would suggest maybe less likely. And I would say Mark Coleman, absolutely outstanding hurler, and has been for many, many years. And his success as centre-back is dependent, I think, on this this centre midfielder kind of closing up, you know, let's say Mellorick or one of the midfielders closing up, uh, I suppose, the avenue down the centre. So that he's sweeping up as opposed to blocking guys in particular. So I would rather myself see Coleman probably back out on the wing. I think for a small player, you can just get on the ball as much as you can, clear a load of ball, and there's a big guy maybe in the middle just shoring it up with a sheer presence because it's much harder to go past a big guy uh, than a little guy, you know. So do you feel then, like listening to you, certainly Cork were in the game plenty. They, but for the wise, could have put on a very impressive scoreline against Waterford. And they conceded goals that would frustrate you or you would feel were a touch soft. So are we overestimating Waterford a touch? Because they're now being talked as, like in some cases, arguably even All-Ireland favourites, are certainly very, very close to Limerick. Whoever beats Waterford wins the All-Ireland. That's how they're being positioned now. 
Um, no, I, I think everyone's to the bottom of the hill now, Joe. Um, I think Limerick are, in my eyes, probably the, the, the favourites. And then the contenders are still Watford number two, maybe Cork number three. But I definitely see everyone back to the... I've just I seen enough in the league. I've seen Kilkenny playing Watford. I've seen, we'll say, Kilkenny playing Cork. You see, you know, Watford playing Antrim. Like, Antrim nearly pipped Watford a couple of weeks ago. So, I think every game takes on a life of its own. I think Limerick are probably still a little bit a step above everybody else. But I think I think even Tipperary going down to Welsh Park in two weeks' time, I think that'll be a huge, huge game. Whether Watford won the league final or not, the last time they played down in Welsh Park a couple of weeks ago was the biggest, I think, victory that Watford had over Tipperary in 40 or 50 years. So imagine the hunger, imagine the drive that's going on in Tipperary over the next two weeks and the last two weeks. So I think that match down in Welsh Park is going to be absolutely huge to Watford's season because they'll still have to play Limerick later on in the campaign, the Munster campaign. So I think it will be crucial that they, they get a victory against Tipperary and Welsh Park. But I'd say hats off to them. I think they've done everything that is expected of them. They've went out to win every match. They've changed around the panel. We've seen plenty of new guys uh, playing for Watford this year. We've seen stars in the fall. We've seen them without Ozzy Gleeson in the final. In the last two matches, we've seen them without Stephen Bennett. Um, Jamie Barron is still not there. We've seen youngsters step up to the plate. Desi Hutchison is making the step up from um, club, you know, star to inter-county star. Even though he was quite the other day, his work rate was phenomenal. And that was the key. If you go to any of the great players, man, it's not working well for him on the scoreboard. What are they contributing other than that? And I thought Desi was flying around. And that's why maybe Cork didn't create too many goal-scoring opportunities. Because the stars for Watford in their, in their forward line were working just as hard off the ball as they were on the ball. So listen, I'd say full congratulations to Watford for a fantastic league campaign. I think it was especially important for a young team like that. They were betting, I think they were betting the Munster final and the All-Ireland final in 2020. They were bet in, you know, a couple of other... They haven't won, you know, any major titles since these guys became senior. I'd say Tyke Burke and maybe one or two more as the month, as the league final from 2015. But other than that, um, they don't have too many titles. And I think it's, it's, it's key to the progress of a team because only one team can win the All-Ireland. So this Waterford team is around long-term. They're here for the next four or five years, I think, contending. And it is important to get titles in the bag. So next step for them is a Munster championship. But, you know, none of them have a Munster medal in their back pocket. So, no, I think they're fully deserving of the praise they're getting at the moment. But with a warning that they're all back down to the bottom of the hill here now. And, you know, it's going to take a, a great team to win this Munster championship because, you know, there's, there's huge contenders there. It is very striking when they won at the weekend in so much as winning a national title is going to be low-key. It was very low-key. You know, it's not like pitch invasion and, well, not a proper pitch invasion and, and tears and big speeches and, you know, interviews in the media were full of emotion. I thought it was all very, very contained. And a lot of this group have been in an All-Ireland final. They have only one mountain left to climb. So I thought that boded well, for instance, for Tipperary coming as hungry as Tipperary might be. I, this doesn't strike me, and we're, we're speaking here on a Tuesday, this does not strike me as a Waterford team out in a pub somewhere this afternoon. Do you know that kind of a way? Yeah. Well, don't mind me, they're playing two weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's not but like years there, there, the six weeks away, Joe. Yeah. But there's a, there's, a, there's a men on a mission vibe to this Waterford group, I feel, under Cahill. Yeah, I think it's because they've been there. This isn't the first time they've played in the big stage. They've played in Munster finals. They've played in All-Ireland finals. And you can look at the core group of this team. Tyg de Borca, Jamie Barron, um, Austin Gleeson, um, you know, the Bennetts. Um, like most of them, Patrick Horan, most of them have won hearty cups. 
with, with Dungarvan Colleges or Waterford Colleges. They've won All-Ireland Colleges. They've won schools championships. They've won under-21s minors. Um, so these guys have, you know, grew up winning. Bally Gunner, I think Devonnie Desi that was on the team the other day. But again, it was a, big, a Waterford team winning All-Ireland on the big stage. So the county itself is getting used to winning. They've been here, they've been here before, they've won Munster Championships. There's only one thing on their mind, and that's to, to win an All-Ireland. So I think Liam Cahill, it's good that have an outsider with them there as well at the moment. Liam Cahill has been there, done that as a player and as a manager at all levels. And um, so he, he knows, um, I suppose he doesn't have the emotional connection with Watford winning the first All-Ireland in, you know, maybe 50 or 60 years. So he's it, and Michael Bevins, you know, won numerous championships with, with Tumi Vara. So these guys probably don't have that emotional attachment, Joe, to the whole let's win an All-Ireland for, for Watford. And um, they're able to maybe make that disconnection so that the guys know there's a job to do. Let's enjoy. And I, I love the way Liam Cahill said he was delighted Watford won the league final because too often, you know, let's move on to the next step. Let's enjoy the fact that we won it. Congratulate ourselves that we won it and then move on to the next step. So I think you were right. There was, was there a pitch invasion? There was people in on the pitch, but there wasn't a pitch invasion, if you know what I mean. They're in there happy out, but no, um, there's more more to try and win. So I would not like to put the pressure on them that they have to go on and win the All-Ireland this year. But let's go on and try and win it. Try and win the Munster Championship first and then go on and try and win the All-Ireland. But there's definitely huge potential in this Watford uh, team. And I think psycho- psychologically and physically, they seem to be really on song at the moment, Joe. Oh, for sure. I mean, physically, it's amazing the shape they're all in and the speed and they're explosive and powerful. And uh, something I wanted to ask you about because um, on the goals front, so I, I take your point that you didn't love the Cork defending when they had Waterford players running at them. But in a way, that's almost the point that I'm going to make. We were chatting with Eddie Brennan in that conversation I referenced a week or so ago, and I was sort of saying to him, when Kyle came in, we interviewed a few of the players at the time, and they said he was really encouraging them to be ruthless. If they get possession and they can run a goal, run a goal. Like, don't be settling for an easy score and taking your point. Go for goal. Go for it was like their mantra in year one. I suspect it hasn't changed very much. And I was kind of saying to Eddie Brennan, I wonder, like, forwards can get in the habit of not challenging their man, you know, and like no better man than Brennan to catch a ball and test out his marker. Like, because he probably suspected in most cases rightly that he would have had the legs. So he would turn, he'd run for goal. And, you know, we were saying like too often in the modern game, you might have forwards who could have had the beating of their men and they never thought to find out. And you've, you, I mean, you've maybe walked out of certain matches and thought, geez, I'm glad your man didn't turn and run at me too often today because he might have got away once or twice. So I think actually this Waterford team are going to have an influence across the game. I think we're going to see more players saying, actually, when you think about it in hurling, it's pretty hard to dispossess me if I'm sprinting towards the goal. So talk to us about that because you're, you're coming at it from the opposite end of the spectrum to Eddie Brennan. He was absolutely saying, yeah, I mean, test your man at, 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 like several times, run at goal, don't be taking easy points. Give us the defender's perspective on that one. Yeah, well, a defender, a nightmare for, for anyone to half back line, especially is when your you know, opposition gets the ball, he runs at you. Um, because, first of all, if he's quick, you're either going to have to foul him if you can't stay with him, or he's gone past you and there's a goal a goal scoring opportunity. So, listen, you're dead right, Joe. 
it's a worse nightmare for, for a defender uh, when your man takes you on. It's the one thing you don't want to do. You'd rather be shimmied, you went out left and you might get a diving block or a diving hook or something like that. But when he goes past you, he can score a goal himself or he draws the man and creates a goal. And that's the interesting thing about Watford is that there, it's like even against Wexford in the semi-final, it's the goal-scoring opportunities they're creating. Like, you know, I remember a teacher, a former teacher of ours in St. St. Kieran's College in Kenya, Carlo man, said to us very importantly one time that sometimes you have to create three, four goal scoring opportunities to score one. So don't be putting your head down if you miss one or two. Go for them. Um, and the key thing then is not to force them. So I think if you look at any of the water for goal scoring opportunities, boy, against Wexford in the semi-final, against Cork last weekend, they went from when they were on. They didn't try and force a goal that wasn't there. Like, And I think the key point... Um, and the key probably goal to look at would be Stephen Bennett's second goal. So he caught the ball, um, and, you know, over young Joyce, um, about 35 yards out. He went, and I'd say it was in his mind to go for the point, but the thing just opened up for him. He stayed going and stayed going. And I still think if a Cork guy had to come to him in time, he would have tapped the ball over the bar. But because it just opened up for him, then he went for the goal. So I think that that's a key attribute of this Water team. I think in the past, they might have try to force goals when it wasn't on. The key thing is, go for the goal. Then if it's on, stay going for it. If it's okay. not, tap it over the bar. And okay. what, you know, depend. it might not be the player that's going forward with the ball, Joe, that creates the goal, scoring opportunity on his own. It depends on the guys running from the wings because if the guys aren't running from the wings, then you have no one to pass it at when, when a defender comes out to meet you. So, yeah, I think hats off. They, they must be doing a lot of work in training on this goal scoring um, creating goal scoring opportunities because they have speed. Now let's not forget as well they have Desi Hutchinson. Um, I know a guy you know very close to Desi Hutchinson that played with Desi Hutchinson, and he said he never seen speed like it. So right. you know you really can't like look at Ronaldo and Messi when they're at their peak towards we'll say even now even though they're still great because there were just no one could catch him with pace. I know Messi was probably more pace on the ball. He was able to dribble. You know, just as fast with the ball as as he was able to run without it. Messi or Ronaldo is more explosive, but look at the difference in them when they're not as fast. So go to this Watford team at the moment. They're just blessed at the moment with speed. You know, daily out midfield for 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 Desi Hutchinson goal. He took off from midfield and no one could catch him. You know, Tim Matney, nobody could catch him. Desi Hutchinson when he gets the ball, just you know, he's gone. He's gone. Uh, attribute to everything else that he has. So I think they are blessed with natural goal scores and natural speed. Now, the other goal that I would like to highlight as well is Patrick Curran's one, Joe. So he had a lot to do when he got into that goal scoring opportunity because, you know, Patrick Collins was there. He had all the angles, um, you know, as goalies do, they come to the near post, but they leave you a little bit of room so that normally you'll shoot across the goal. But that because Patrick Collins is a catog, he's a left-hander, you were going over to his good side. Patrick Curran, who has always been... Uh, an outstanding hurl for water. You know, he scored one nine, one seven, and uh, under twenty one, and minor all Ireland. This guy is not just after coming around this year; he's been around a while. In he went, you know, and they needed a goal at the time. He went to the near side of Patrick Collins, which you know is a rare thing that you'll see uh, at that level. And ball in the back of the net, but that was his thought process behind it. You know, so they have speed, but they also have the head for scoring goal at the moment. Mm. You often mention Ronaldo or Messi to me in these conversations. Were you a Ronaldo or a Messi man? Uh, I don't know. I love both of them. Hmm. Oh, you're pleading the fifth. You're le- you're sitting. You're leaving it at that, are you? Ah, no. Like it, I could choose one, but I do love both of them. You know, they're different. <laughs> I love her. 
you know, Messi's game, like Messi is the guy who um, I would love for the fact that he loves the, the game of football. Um, mm. He loves just being at one with the ball, probably spent hours and days and days with the ball since he was a, a young tot, like out in the streets. I love that whole South American thing, like the old days of the, the Brazilians. Like when I grew up in watching football, you're talking about USA in 94, you're watching all these Brazilians doing magical things with the ball, which was growing from street football out in the, you know, the, the, the clay pitches. And I love that side of it. And then fast forward into Ronaldo, who more kind of, you know, gym, speed, commitment. He loves just being the best and um, devotes his whole life, diet, everything towards um, being the best. So I, I, I've, I have, um, you know, drawn to the tomb for being brilliant at probably two different sides of the game, you know. Mm, mm. I see a bit more messy in you. Someone who just wanted the ball the whole time. Yeah, and I do love the guys that grow up, you know, out in their gardens. I suppose that's mm. where we grow up around here. That's what you done. And, um, you know, Messi, because, you know, I don't think Messi spends too much time in the gym. I wouldn't say he spends too much time looking after his diet, more a balanced approach, but just loves the game of football. And was always a genius at it. So, yeah, I do love that side of the game, Joey, right? Were you more? Were you a gym bunny? Uh, I was great for the gym between November and January, but once the hurling started back, kind of the gym went to the side, you know. But again, it was what I grew up with. But I remember Willie O'Connor told Willie O'Connor, you know, Kenny Captain's house, and with a tall Bill Hennessy, uh, club mate of mine, and um, he'd been starting the early nineties Kenny team. Like he always said, he'd rather be fresh than fit. And um, I always felt I played my best when I used that mentality. So although I mightn't have made sense that I could have been, you, you could have been a better player doing your extra two or three nights in the gym, um, watching your diet, you know, weighing your food. I always felt that I was better anyway. That if I came to the game just absolutely mad, and once the ball is thrown in a half three, that you're about to explode for seventy minutes. So. Mm my mindset was to get into that frame of mind as opposed to being physically and mentally ready the other way. I felt when I got to half three then, you were just trying to maintain things and maybe you thought it was just going to work out. So I'd rather come with the hunger and the freshness than the fitness, I suppose. But I know in the modern game, Joe, you have to do the gym. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not stupid that way. Like, if I was coaching guys at the moment, like, they have to do it. That's what the competition are doing. So you have to do it and that's it. Yeah. Well, we'll um, have an interesting chat ahead of Waterford Tip, which is on Sunday week, and Cork play Limerick, and then the following week, I think everyone's looking forward to Limerick-Waterford at the Gaelic Ground, Saturday night, 23rd of April. So, like, it's all set up. Munster's going to be amazing this year. Uh, before we sign off, we asked you to pick your top five players of the league. You pick six. So, let us have it. Are you, is this a, in descending order? Are you doing, like, a six down to one, or are these all getting equal mention? What's the deal here? No, I, the deal is I picked six players that I thought both had a great league campaign and just to look forward to them for the future. Uh, okay. So we've obviously a huge campaign coming up. It's not just a one game and out anymore. These guys will all get four or five games in the championship. So we started with Neil McManus, uh, Joe. Uh, 13 points in the league versus Watford. Like this guy is at the end of his his career. 1-2 versus Kenny, only lost by three points. 2-7 versus Dublin. Uh, they only lost me four points to, to, to Dublin that day and won seven versus Leash. 
like Neil McManus has been doing it and doing it and doing it since I was, you know, hurling. I hurled shinty with, with, with Neil McManus. I think he, he's such a role model for Ulster hurling. He's such a role model for Antrim. He always speaks his mind um, in the papers, in the media, but not his own agenda to trying to promote hurling up the north, trying to promote hurling in Antrim. And like you go to any of these, um, you know, counties where it is difficult, like for, for, for good clubs up in Antrim and, and the north and in Down and Derry, for them to play good challenge games, a lot of times they have to come down south, drive two or three hours, you know, to get good cl- club games, get good county games. And I just say hats off to Neil McManus. He's producing it for years upon years. And just for not what he's doing on the field, he's also doing it off the field. And a lot of the time, you know, someone might be doing great work off the field and it might start getting to him. But this guy is able to produce when he gets on the pitch. So I think, you know, Antrim, they had a great league campaign, albeit, you know, they were beaten by Leash um, to go down into the relegation final. But a good win in the relegation final. But Neil McManus, watch out for him in the Joe McDonough Cup. A brilliant, brilliant competition. Uh, Finally, we'll be playing Crow Park and it'll be interesting to see how he gets on in the Joe McDonough. Okay, can't argue with that one. Who's next? Yeah, Mikey Butler then from Kilkenny, cornerback. Yeah. Um, we're looking for a man marker. You know, when you play Watford to mark Dazzy Hutchinson, to when you play Cork to mark Horgan, maybe or Alan Connolly, um, just to mark, to mark the marquee forwards on on the opposition team. If you're playing Limerick to mark Elan. Mikey Butler playing with him when I was on the Kilkenny panel, he was the kit man. <laughs> he was <laughs> he was helping out Racker Cody, so he's kind of little kind of apprentice kit man, if you like. And, you know, who thought that he'd be your future cornerback for Kilkenny, you know? And by all accounts, in the Lachlan's Club, this guy, since he was 10 years of age, lives and dies in the hurling field. Any day you go up, he's poking a ball, he's joining in with games. And uh, since he was a young man, he, he's had a fantastic campaign for Lachlan's last year. And he's backing it up in Kilkenny. I didn't think that he would have the pace, um, it, you know, for that full back line in there. But... He's after blowing my mind the speed of him inside in the full full back line. No one seems to be able to get away from cornerback is one of the tough position, and, positions and, in the uh, intercounty game at the moment because the ball coming in is so beautiful and yeah. uh, he's definitely doing well so far. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in the Leicester Championship. Joe, yeah, because the last time we touched on him because he has had a very good campaign. Willow Callahan, our colleague here at Off the Ball, sent me a photo of a young Mikey Butler as a kit man and he's standing on the field and he's got like two big things of LucasAid and so uh, I don't know was he a bit young to be a kit man like what's the deal with this lad hanging around the team uh, if you're good enough you're old enough Joe <laughs> <laughs> alright I won't ask questions it's worked out for him he's doing it now which is uh, that's an amazing story we'll, we'll stick that photo up uh, at some stage so that's two give us another couple yeah, Patrick Curran. So Patrick Curran is 25 or 26. As I mentioned earlier, he scored 1-7 in the minor All-Ireland final for Waterman. They won it. He scored 1-9 in the under-21 All-Ireland final, which they won. Uh, this guy, like, on the big days, he has proved he can do it. It's after taking him an extra few years to make it. But he has shown now, as part of the team, what he can do. And I thought he's had a brilliant, not just in the final, he's had a brilliant campaign up to that. He can step in and take frees if they need a free taker. You know, if Stephen Bennett was to get injured, which, which has happened to him already in the campaign, he can step in and take the frees. But I, I always thought a team that wins a championship, whether it's a county final or an All-Ireland show, to have these lads around the, either corner forwards or wing forwards, you don't see him in the game score or in the game too much. So they won't go around with 15, 20 possessions. But when you look at the score sheet after the game, they might have three points scored, one, two. 
And in many games, especially the tight games that can turn your season, you win it be a point or two. These guys are what worth their weight in gold. So I think the encouragement and the you know bringing Patrick Curran to the centre of this team has been a huge success story of this league campaign for Watford and he has proved and you only find with young fellas in the big games and you can only find out then if they have it or not and mm-hmm. every big day he seems to be able to do it so I think that has been a huge positive for Watford they've found a new marquee player that can step in and step out when needed and uh, Patrick Curran is one to watch in the Munster Championship Okay so where are we going next? So last two then Cork and Wexford Kieran Joyce so Kieran Joyce, although he was under pressure under one or two high balls the weekend, I thought he's a fantastic campaign. Um, I would leave Mountain the wing. Yeah, he's only twenty years of age. Castle Martyr won two under twenty one All Ireland's. He's won two intermediate championships. This guy has done it again. That's such a young man, but he's fast. He's aggressive. Just what Cork need. But with youngsters, I like to see teams built around the older guys. So I'd rather see more experienced guys in the, you know, even in the cornerback maybe position for this Cork team especially. And I'd like to see him out in the wing, just doing his stuff. Um, you know, one or two goals the other day, but I wouldn't worry about it. it wasn't his fault. Um, I think encourage him, keep him going. I think he's going to be a, a bright prospect. He was outstanding against Kilkenny in, in the semi-final and, and for much of the other league game. So Kieran Joyce for Cork, red helmet wing back. I think fantastic uh, future ahead of him. And last okay. then Rory uh, O'Connor from Wexford, like I was looking at his his scores uh, over the league campaign. Um, like he's 23, 24, and I won a Leicester champ in 2019. But um, he scored 112 against Cork, 17 from play. He scored five points against Galway, four points from play, and he scored one four from play against Clare. So this guy and that goal against Clare was a phenomenal goal. He had a lot of work to do, but, but did it. So he has lit up nearly one of the probably players of the of the league. Um, and I think for Wexford, you, with Darder, gone back to a more straightforward, traditional type game, more kind of a hybrid, but you'll be left up there on your own. And for likes of him and Conor McDonald, there's definitely an exciting Leicester championship away for them because they're not going to be up against three or four extra defenders. In general, if they get the ball up to them in the right place, it'll be one-on-one and he should flourish uh, in that kind of a role. Super. Always great to listen to you talking hurling, Tommy Welsh. Thanks so much. Thanks, Joe. Best of luck.